So today we dive into yet another primer on debating against atheism. Though one doesn't have to be an atheist to be a naturalist or a nihilist, the philosophical and quasi-religious belief in atheism is closely tied with those two topics. That being said, we need to understand naturalism and nihilism so we can know how to talk about it. It's not enough to simply debunk atheism. We have to prove that there is an empirical and scientific basis for our theistic beliefs in God, Yahweh, Jesus, you know, the big man upstairs. So, let's dive in. So, have been gone for a while. It's been about two and a half months. I uh, don't really have an excuse. I recently had a daughter, so that's pretty cool. She's two and a half months old, so that's pretty epic on our part. Um, She's healthy and everything's perfect with her. And I honestly really struggled with whether or not I wanted to continue doing the show um, as I felt there wasn't really much more to talk about. And I also wanted to make a book about it so that um, if you don't, you know, if people didn't want to listen, to a show they get to read a book but then i realized that there there actually is a lot more to talk about and just being here you know every week um making these points and these arguments and building this connection with others does more for the kingdom of god than than just sitting on my on my heels does so here i am making a restart and there's there's been some changes you know i um i'm going to keep doing the weekly thing I'm going to keep making shows. Um, I would like more feedback from from those that listen on things that they'd like to hear about. So I can, you know, like if you have chats, I can answer those, that kind of stuff. There's been changes to the site. You know, there's no more like subscribing. If you want to give, you can. You can always, um, there's a website called uh, Buy Me a Coffee. You can give on there. I've got certain goals on there as well. So basically just kind of like throttling back from trying to build a subscribership and honestly just trying to get people the information they need. And there's still going to be a book and whatnot. It's just I think I'm more focused on the actual content than I am on building a brand or building the the culture and that kind of stuff. I'll let y'all guys do that. <laughs> and then I'll just focus on the content because it's more about me than it's about y'all anyways. It's between me and God, and I'm glad that you guys are here for it. So digging in, dip, uh, digging in deep here, we are going to delve into naturalism and nihilism just because it seems important to me that you know we often debate atheism and christianity solely but there are different topics that are related to them that if you understand them then you might be able to have these conversations easier so you're talking with someone about jesus and they believe that the natural world is all there is and you can't prove otherwise so what do you do well first let's take a step back what should you have done in the first place? Let's take a look together. We first need to define naturalism and then we can look at why it's important. So naturalism is a belief that all that exists is in the universe. Um, All that exists in the universe is purely physical matter. Nothing is immaterial like a soul. There's no creator, just neurons, evolution, and physiological responses to stimuli. Sounds great, right? Fancy, huh? So now let's look at figuring out why it's important. We need to understand what telos is. That's a Greek word. Importantly, our telos is our purpose. One can argue that with naturalism, since there is no God, there is no telos. A Christian worldview, 
right? Would hold that our purpose is given to us on high from our creator. So those are the basic points. Let's kind of move into the weeds here. So under naturalism, since we have no purpose, we simply propagate and multiply our genetic signature across time and space, right? It's survival of the, of the fittest and evolution are kings, those two topics. So with no soul, no mind, as we're just neurons firing, and with no self, there is no choice, right? That's the next logical step is, is an encountering free will, of which I've done a show on, which I proved that we do have free will and that it's eminently important for the Christian um, even if you are a Calvinist, which I'll get into later on, not this show, obviously, but a different show. But here lies the problem with that view as proposed by naturalism as a philosophy. Well, there were problems before, but, you know, I'm being generous. But anyways, everything under this view that you do, you know, that is, everything that happens with you is determined by what came before. It's all higher... It's all hardwired in. You can't control it. Now, naturalism isn't evil. All scientists use it to further their fields, right? So seeking logic, reason, and evidence for things is it's not a bad goal. And that's kind of the basis of naturalism is that it's evidence of things seen. And if that, if that, if that brings to your mind a verse about, you know, God being the evidence of, of things not seen and whatnot, then you, you're right on track. So, what is Christianity's answer to this? Since naturalism isn't evil, um, or in spite of it not being evil, it does dismiss some scripture about this topic. Now, granted, the atheist or naturalist (laughs) or nihilist doesn't acknowledge God, so it's not their fault per se. But we have Colossians 3.2 that teaches us to keep our thoughts on things above, i.e. our telos with God, to name just one thing. We have Hebrews 4.12 that teaches us that we have a soul and a spirit, which is very important if you're living a life that has telos, and as well as as has responsibility and repercussions. And then we have Psalm 14.1, which is pretty poignant, that shows us the ultimate error in choosing to ignore the existence of God, that there isn't one person who does so that, that, that does good. Now, do I believe a naturalist isn't doing good when they get the charity or love their children? Of course not. Of course not. We're not saying that. I'm not attacking anybody here. I'm going after a philosophy. But here's what the verse meant about that, though. When you take God out of the equation, you take out responsibility, um, self-responsibility, that is, and you take out the reason for a telos, which keeps humanity on track. And that's very, very important. So keeping on this ultimate fear thing, So here's the ultimate fear when it comes to one who engages in pure naturalism. Pure naturalism is not like its own title. I'm just saying like if you're engaging in naturalism, like you're fully engaged in a philosophy, it's part of your life, you're living it. And why it will inevitably, in my view, descend into nihilism. Like before, let's walk through nihilism and then we can talk about why it's important. So now we're shifting from naturalism to nihilism so I can then bridge the gap for you logically. And you're going to notice that on this show, there's a lot less verses involved, not because Jesus can't work in this, but because I think it's important to really focus on the logic of this. Because when it comes to believing in God, being latched onto the word is definitely infinitely important, right? But just as naturalism seeks to prove everything in the natural world, I truly believe that God created the natural world just so that also so that he could prove himself to us. Because God is evident 
in the natural world, and I believe in logic, and I believe that you can logic your way to Jesus. It's very, it's very important to me that we do at least try to logic our way to Jesus. So, getting into nihilism, nihilism is a belief that the world is meaningless, right? And all that is or should be is nothingness. Ugh. <laughs> and eminently happy belief to have, right? <laughs> there is no higher purpose in life. Everything is futile and all ceases to exist. Blah, 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 blah. Which is an epic way to live your life. Now, to add some context, I'm pretty sure that most most nihilists don't like live their lives thinking this on a root level, you know, because every single human has goals, aspirations, beliefs, that kind of stuff. So, but again, we're talking about philosophies here. And for me to prove that the philosophy of, of Christianity is not, and that it's actually a, theolo- a theology, and that it's the correct theology, I have to go after like philosophies so that we can then break each one down, show the relation to Christianity, because God created everything, and then use that to prove Jesus. Because you can't just sit here and say, oh, well, you know, third, fourth Deuteronomy says this, you know, it, that just doesn't work on a lot of people. So, nihilism continues by saying that, that there's no higher purpose in life. You know, like I said, everything is futile and all ceases to exist. But there are different types of nihilism, right? There's moral nihilism, which imposes that there's no objective ethical or moral values. There's no good or evil. There just is. Um, there's existential nihilism, which pronounces that there is no meaning in life. Long story short, you can annihilate anything with this belief. The root nihil, or nihil, Latin, is in that word, by the way. And a big proponent of nihilism was Friedrich Nietzsche. Um, he's, he's most often associated with nihilism. So for him, there's, there is no objective order or structure in the world except what we give it. And his goal was to penetrate the facades, buttressing convictions. The nihilists would discover that all values are baseless and that reason is impotent. So he writes in his Rule of Power notes from 1883 to 1888. This dude was old. Um, or, <laughs> he was old. This, this happened a while ago. He says, Every belief, every considering something true, is necessarily false because there is simply no true world. So for him, nihilism requires a radical repudiation, they say, of all imposed values and meaning. So he also writes that nihilism is not only the belief that everything deserves to perish, but that one actually puts one's shoulder to the plow, i.e. one destroys, which is why he named his book Will to Power. Um, Nietzsche writes that the highest values devalue themselves. The aim is lacking, and why finds no answer. Right? So he believes that, inevitably, nihilism will expose all cherished beliefs and sacrosanct truths as symptoms of a defective Western mythos, and therefore cause a collapse of meaning, relevance, and purpose. And that will constitute a total assault on reality and nothing less than the greatest crisis of humanity. And he was kind of saying this because he believed that um, over, over a century ago that the impact of nihilism on the culture and values of the 20th century would bring forth a like revival of the of humankind you know he says um, he believed that we could at a terrible price eventually work through nihilism 
And then if we survive the process of destroying all interpretations of the world, we could then perhaps discover the correct course for humanity. Therefore, it kind of acts as a religion for this guy. So that's really important to um, bring about to you to show you one of the profoundly um, poignant shortcomings of of nihilism and Nietzsche. You know, like if, if you're fascinated with with nihilism, you're that's kind of like studying Ebola. You know, you're fascinated. Oh wow, it's fascinating, but it's super deadly, right? It's very deadly to believe in nihilism, as we'll get to here in a minute, as well as the other beliefs that were espoused by Friedrich Nietzsche. So, moving on here. We want to bridge this gap, right? So, as Christians, we believe that our telos comes from God, right? And that because of the Creator, there is a meaning in all of life. 1 John 5.20 teaches us that Jesus came to give us understanding of Him so that we can abide in Him and therefore abide in the truth. God. God is the only truth. Well, there's truth from God, right? But God is the truth, the way, the life. The correlation with atheism it probably seems more stark with the consideration of nihilism in the picture, right? So there's no meaning, the naturalist says, what's the point in anything at all? And then bam, we descend into nihilism. Now as humans, we can choose certain things. Just because we believe that a philosophy doesn't, does not always mean that we, does not always mean that it defines us. Jeez, words. So just because we believe a philosophy does not always mean that it defines us, right? A naturalist will find meaning in having children, promoting a good cause, leading a company, or, or just existing, honestly. The nihilists will do the exact same thing, most likely less frequently, right? Statistically speaking, but all that depends on how far the nihilist takes it, which leads us toward our logical conclusions. The logical conclusion to nihilism, right, is to stop living. Face it. If there isn't a purpose and all is subjective but meaningless, why not just murder your neighbor or yourself? Um, you know, like murder your neighbor for their dog barking every night. Why not steal, kill, maim, or anything? There isn't an objective, good or bad. Nietzsche did mention giving it a push, you know, giving giving life a push that way. And so a naturalist can say that there is a logical good and bad, right? And perhaps be correct in, in their assumption that, you know, like human trafficking is bad, but they can't prove why it's bad or why it's good, right? And so like in the past, I've shown scientific evidence for Christ and, and existence of God. I've shown that we can that we can prove him, but I can't pull him down and say, voila, you know, here's God. But the naturalist, atheist, or nihilist who would ask that question also cannot show me objectively what good or bad is. They might can show me good results from what they term as a, as a good, like morality, but they can't tell me why it's good. You know, for instance, like charity seems like a good thing, right? But you may give someone charity Right. Let's say you go up to a poor man and say, here, here's $20, right? He goes back to his local stomping grounds, get the crap beat out of him because somebody saw that he had money. Therefore, is your charity actually a good thing or no? And these are broad like philosophical questions. And therein lies the philosophical issue. So let's put the nail in the coffin here. Worldview expert James Sire defines nihilism as a denial of the possibility of knowledge, a denial that anything is valuable. It is the negation of everything, knowledge, ethics, beauty, reality. So I guess I probably should have been done doing this in a British accent. So I'll finish it out with that. In nihilism, no statement has validity. Nothing has meaning. Everything is gratuitous, detroit, that is just there. Okay. Unquote. So if you take the no free will bit of naturalism, you can see it's not too far to accept nihilism, right? 
Like y'all following along with that? And so, without getting too deep into the um, you know, like giant words, scientific stuff, one big issue with naturalism is that if there is no self, then our actions are set upon us due to physical forces. Therefore, we can't be confident in our ability to attain the truth as how do I have a trustworthy system of independent thought or reason, right? The naturalist J.B.S. Haldane mentions, um, or I guess concedes, if my mental processes are determined wholly, well, you know what, well, let's go back, let's do it like a British accent. If my mental processes are determined wholly by motions of atoms in my brain, I have no reason for supposing that my beliefs are true. They may sound true chemically, but that does not make them sound logically." Unquote. So that's pretty bleak, right? That there's no truth or knowledge and therefore there is no meaning, i.e. nihilism. And don't get me started on how that affects true morality. So in summary, it's important that you go in and you research naturalism and the different arguments for and against it, as well as nihilism. There's there's many naturalists that say that nihilism is not the natural outgrowth of naturalism, but I find it hard that any belief system that isn't centered around a creator um, can't objectively say that there is something that is good or bad. You know, as as Christians, we believe in God, and I'm saying we as Christians, I guess. We believe in God, and He gives us what is objectively good and bad, right? So it's not it's not by human design. And again, I've explained like the validity in, in existence of the Word of God and and how it's like rendered true and like the evidence we have of that. So if we can prove, right? Like if you can prove to someone that Jesus existed and was real, and, and that the Bible most likely is a very historical document that has truth and wasn't just written by man, like i.e. like was was written and was God inspired, right? And like you can prove logically that there is a God. Throwing the nail in the coffin would be to show that no, atheism um, isn't good grounds as a philosophical belief. Naturalism isn't is not a good basis, you know, like belief for having it for having a like functional life, and neither is nihilism. Because God gives us these objective truths that say that no, X and X is bad, X and X is good. So upon discovering that there is objectivity in the world, therefore there is meaning in everything, you have to realize that God is a personal God. He is here, though he's transcendent, right? Though he's not a part of our world like directly, he's also imminent, which means he is eminently part of your life. He is a personal God. He sustains everything, but it's still there for you personally. So by proving all of this, you're showing that while you may not be able to see God, right? God exists. God is real. Therefore, objective good is real and God is good. Therefore, getting your telos from God, like discovering your telos, your purpose from God is most likely a very positive thing to do in, in, in an excellent worldview. I find it hard to believe that someone can find a fault in following a God, especially a God of, of, of goodness. And of course, we've gone through arguments before about, you know, you read the Old Testament and you're like, wow, this, this stuff seems really dark and bleak and terrible. God doesn't seem like a great person. We've gone under that and I will continue to go into more topics into that as well. Just because you see bad does not mean that bad exists. God tells us what is objectively good and objectively bad. And, it, and it's our job to work with him through that. Because 
Like for instance, let's say that you're a hardcore nihilist, right? Like you're a hardcore naturalist. And so to you, what's very important is that you're like, look, logic and reason are just outgrowths of, of, of evolution, right? Um, these things like became about, therefore we can say what is objectively good and objectively bad because we're, we're like developing knowledge and logic and stuff. And like, they're not wrong per se. Like we have gained knowledge throughout the centuries and whatnot as humans. But what he's not getting though, is that two plus two equaled four, even before we established it, there is still objective truth. Two plus two will always be four, always. There are no exceptions. God's evident truth in his word will always be true no matter what. So it's important as a Christian to realize that if you're going to explain God to someone, God's word can speak for itself. God will always speak for himself. And God doesn't doesn't necessarily need you to get his word out. His word is true. So one big part of believing um, in, its, in its truth is just speaking it over people. One big part of it is is not debating for God necessarily, but talking about him with someone. Because as you do this conversation, as well as you're properly armed, you'll see opportunities to, you know, yes, sneak in scripture, but also to let someone, let someone logically walk through the, their own beliefs. Honestly, letting, letting the nihilist or the naturalist walk themselves through their own beliefs is the best way to get them to realize a chink in the, in the armor that they've built. And as long as you can get someone away from atheism, like I always say, and into agnosticism, that is very, very fertile ground. Because as long as you can acknowledge that there is a creator out there or that, or that there could be one, that is an excellent status quo to start from. Because it's not, it's it's our job to go out there and look at the Great Commission and to speak God's word and spread the word about him. But it's not your job to save that person. That's what God does. So, all in all, we've gone over naturalism and nihilism and how there's a there is a causal link between the two of them. One does progress into the other. I truly believe that. And while you can maintain an, a naturalist life, if you truly think about your philosophy and what it means, the absence of meaning, the absence of a God creates a world that doesn't have any objectivity. And, and without that, anything can go no matter how many constraints you put on people. You may say that this is a gun-free zone. Someone can still bring a gun in, right? Two plus two is four. If you tell me that I can't go somewhere and then I go there, <laughs> I just went there. That's just how it works. And so the one thing you need is a positive culture. You need a, a, a culture and a life and a state set upon looking toward things that are higher, like looking toward looking towards Jesus Christ. If you don't want people to shoot up schools or to rob or steal or kill and that kind of stuff, they need to realize that there's repercussions and they, they need to realize that there are positive culture things out there. It just, it just all like, it, it all triggers down to culture. And I, if you set your, your culture and your ideals and your eyes on a holy and good God, I don't see that culture leading itself like in a negativity. Of course, humans will do their own thing and humans will, you know, like mess things up. But it's important to realize that God does forgive and that Jesus did die for everyone's sins. And that Christian culture is a culture of forgiveness, of new beginnings, right? And of gathering knowledge, right? If, you know, you, it's kind of like a, a, 
like for those that are nerds out there, it's it's like a roguelike game. You know, like you're like the journey is extremely difficult, but at the same time, you, you get to restart. And each time you restart, you get more and more knowledge. And I'm not saying you should, like, should go out there and you know sin and oh yeah, like I learned that this sin's bad. No, I'm, I'm saying that if you're going through your walk, it's not going to be easy. You know, you're going to have times where you're like, man, I was going to try to read the Bible in a year and it didn't work. Um, right, but you learn something from that, and it's about renewing yourself and like renewing your mind and your resources and getting back on track and so that is that so thank you all for listening in i really appreciate it you can expect weekly episodes you might experience a whole smattering of new ones um just because i've gotten like a bug in me to make a lot of you know shows plus i gotta make up for like eight or nine shows but um again i thank you all for listening um please like check out my website for any updates if you need any um And God bless you all. I thank you all again for listening. I'm very appreciative for your time. Bye now.